Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis. We're in our new series named Great, Greater, Greatest Goat, where each week we dive into God's word and see what it has to say about being the greatest. Our hope and prayer is that God uses this message to speak to you in a very real way. We hope you enjoy week two. But the truth is tonight, for each one of you in this room, you all have a decision to make, and it's a bigger decision than just what flavor ice cream that you like. There's literally a decision in this room for each one of you. Will you follow God? Will you follow the Lord? Or will you follow God's way? Or will you follow the world? And the truth is, we can't ride the fence on this. It's not like we can get the twist ice cream and kind of have the best of both worlds. And so tonight, what I want us to look at is what God's word says about this decision. Because when you walked in here, you maybe just thought, man, okay, it's going to be a fun night. We're going to do live. We're going to sing some songs. Just kind of go through routines. But over the next few minutes that we have in this room, I just want you to realize that each one of you have a decision to make. And you will make a decision in this room. You will make a decision now. You will either choose that I'm going to follow God and his direction, or I'm going to follow the world. And what I want tonight is I want you to hear what God's word has to say about that. We're going to look at one verse tonight. We're going to kind of unpack one verse. And so I think everybody can stick with me with one verse. But the verse I'm going to throw on the screen, and I just thought about this this morning. We're going to look at a verse. It's about to come on the screen. And I want you to know what's about to pop on the screen, what we're about to read. You guys, this isn't my opinion. I'm not throwing something at you that like, man, I thought this up and I thought this would be great to share with you. Um, What's about to be on the screen, you guys, this is God's word. It's God's note, God's truth to you in this room. And I started to think like for some of you, you think, yeah, we're trying to be in here. We got God's word on the screen. But here's the deal. If I walked in here and said, hey, you guys, Justin Bieber or LeBron James wrote a note to our student ministry. He wants, he has a word for you. I just wonder how you guys, oh man, I don't know what LeBron James has to say about live or what he wants to say to us. Like you guys would be like, if I was about to throw like LeBron James note to, to you on the screen, you'd probably be like, oh man, what's, what's he got to say or whoever it is that maybe you're influenced by, you know, that would kind of intrigue you. But I want you to know tonight what's about to be on the screen is far greater Then any note from any human being that's ever walked this planet, what's about to be on that screen is a note directly from the God of the universe to you. Because what God desires to do is to help you understand this decision that each one of you will have to make. Whether you will follow God and his direction or whether you will follow the world. And one way is greater than the other. And I just have a feeling that, man, if I asked you in this room, if I said, man, what's greater, following Christ? or following the world, I think we all know the answer. Yeah, man, I, I mean, following Jesus is greater, but the question is, what are you doing with your life? What are you, what is your life's, what do your life actions say? Does your life actions say that, yeah, Jesus is greater, or do your life actions say, man, I really prefer the world? And so, here we go. This is the verse we're going to look at. John 4, 4, it says this, you are from God. Guys, this is really important too because I want you to understand that each one of you are created by God. If you're sitting in this room and maybe you're wondering why you're here or why you exist, I want you to understand that each one of you were created in the image of God. Each one of you are God's workmanship and God has a plan for you. 
And here's what's, here's what's amazing. If you have confessed Christ as Lord, says you are from God, and um, John is writing this, he says, you are from God, little children, you are also God's child. If you've trusted in Christ, you belong to God, you, you are his child. And it says this, it says, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. There's our word greater. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I want to unpack this because there's a lot there. But before we do, I want you to notice there's a kind of a statement in here that you kind of look at and you think, man, what does that mean? Because it says, right, you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them. It's kind of like, what does that mean? What have we conquered? What does it mean to conquer them? I want to put this verse in context really quick for you because I think it'll help the whole verse make a lot of sense. Because the them that John is referring to is really the world. He's talking about the world. There is this force that is in the world and there is this force that is in you if you are a believer. And God desires to work in you. But a lot of times you don't realize that this force is in the world. And um, John 1 kind of sheds some light on what it means you have conquered them. So what have you conquered? If we're, if we're living for Christ, what does it mean? What have we conquered? If we go to 1 John 4 verse 1, if we go back a few verses, it says this. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to determine if they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So what John is addressing here to kind of put this into context is that the world, right, there are these forces in the world and there are these false teachers. And you guys live in this world. This isn't something that just happened a long time ago. You guys live in this world where there's a lot of people that have a lot of opinions about how you should live your life. And there is this force that is trying to draw you into the ways of the world. And if you're not careful, you will get drawn into the world and kind of get caught up in it and think, how did this happen? How am I so consumed in the world? It's like I wasn't even paying attention and all of a sudden I'm stuck in this thing. And John is trying to warn us. He's saying there are false teachers out there. There are these false prophets who are even going to kind of proclaim and put on this Jesus or this religious front. But what's really going to happen is you're going to get sucked into the world and you're going to be, you're going to look back one day and you're going to be way far from God. Um, do you guys ever, anybody like, anybody ever just watch random things on TV? You just find yourself like watching random things, okay? It's a little bit rare now because like Netflix and Disney Plus, you just choose what you want to watch. But a year ago, a year and a half ago, my wife is like flipping through channels and she came across some channel and um, it was like, I don't know, one of those like 60 minute kind of things. And they're doing like a documentary on this um, religion or this cult kind of thing called Scientology. And it's one of those things like you kind of look at and you're like, that's so weird. I'm not watching this, but you get like sucked in because they're like talking about really weird things and Scientology. And so I get like sucked into the show and, um, and on, on the like very beginning, I'm like, man, this is so weird. But um, Scientology is kind of a, it's kind of a weird, like cultish kind of a religion. I, I looked on their website and I felt really weird, like even going to their website because I'm thinking about like false teachers, thinking about this lesson, thinking about what the world does. And I was like, man, I started thinking about this TV show and I was like, um, Scientology, like what's Scientology all about? Um, Scientology believes this. They say Scientology further holds man to be basically good. So Scientology, they're like, yeah, man is basically good. Then it says this, and that his spiritual salvation depends upon himself. Let me tell you what struck me about this show and why I even bring this up. Because Scientology believes that you and your salvation is based on you, but on every one of their buildings, one of the images that they use is the cross. 
The cross will be like on the doors, on the side of their buildings. But what's interesting is the cross is a symbol of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross where Jesus bought our salvation. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, man, that is such a false portrait. Like here's this religion and they've got this this cross. And so you see the cross, you think, oh man, Jesus, salvation. But then as you get sucked in, what they begin to teach is really it's all about you. If you're a good person, salvation is all on you. Man, it's all about you. And you think of that, and even going to the website, I'm like, man, it's really weird. I feel like this is wrong. But then I started thinking, man, what about in your world? Like you may not get sucked into Scientology. That's really weird. But I started thinking about this concept. How many people wear like the crosses around their neck or even get tattoos, right? You have a tattoo with a cross. That cross represents that Jesus Christ died on that cross to save you from your sins. He bought your salvation. That's what that represents. And I just wonder how many people wear that cross proudly, but what they truly believe in their heart is that, the, is that their life revolves around them, is that it's all about me. It's all about what I wanna do, and it's all about my way. And the truth is, students, in the world that you live in, there is this force that's gonna kinda of pull you away, and they're gonna, they're, people are gonna hold up the cross and hold up religion and God's word, and it's gonna be like, man, you know, follow Jesus and, and say that you follow Jesus, but really, your life just becomes all about you all about what you want to do. And that's a very dangerous way to go. And that's what this passage is saying. It's saying that you have conquered them, that you don't have to go the way of the world. You don't have to do the things that you've been caught up in that you're kind of like, man, I know that I shouldn't be doing this. Man, it just seems like I can't help it. And basically what God's saying in this verse, if we go back to John chapter four, if you go back to that passage, it says, and you have conquered them because what? Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And some of you guys may be freaking out right now because you're like, wait, what? One who is in me? Right, this decision you have to make, God doesn't want you to make this on your own. He literally promises this spirit, this force that will come and live inside of you, will begin to take over your life, right, and begin to direct you. Let, let me show you what I'm talking about. Some of you guys are probably like, wait, what does this mean, right? If you've confessed Christ as Lord, Jesus promises to like come and dwell inside of you and it's kind of like, oh my gosh, like there's something in me, like what is happening, right? And um, if you go back, if you go back to the Gospel of John, John actually writes this, this is Jesus, John chapter four, verse 16. This may blow your mind, but you need to know this. If you're following Christ, this is such an important truth. John 14, verse 16. It says this, I think we have the slide, it says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you, look at these words. He says, I will give you another counselor. It's an important word. He says he'll give you a counselor, okay? Think about what a counselor does. Oh, let's go back real quick. He'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. And then verse 17 says, he is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him. Man, there's so much here. We don't have time to go into it. Or know him. But listen to this. But you, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Right? And look, it says, you receive, it says, at the beginning of verse 17, it says, he is the spirit of truth. So there is this counselor, there is this spirit of truth that comes to live inside of you to dwell inside of you, to be a counselor, to be a spirit of truth. And if you go back to verse four, what does it say in verse four? This spirit comes to live in you and then what happens? It says, because the one who is in you is greater, there's our word greater than the one who is in the world. Because that is an amazing truth. 
But I have a feeling that some of you in this room, maybe you're thinking about, man, this God who's come to live inside of me is supposed to be greater. But I just wonder if you're in this room and you're like, man, Randy, to be honest, you're saying that God lives in me. But I'm going to be honest, man, sometimes the world, it seems so much stronger than the force that lives inside of me. I catch myself getting caught up in things that I know I shouldn't be doing. It just feels like the pull of the world seems so much stronger than the pull of the Holy Spirit. It seems to contradict this verse that you're sharing with me, that the one who is in me would be greater than the one who is in the world. And this is where I think the dangerous thing is. For some of you in this room, you've made a decision to follow Christ. You've proclaimed it with your mouth, but what happens is you proclaim it with your mouth and you think this verse means, well, now the Holy Spirit is with me and in me, so I'm just going to keep doing everything I used to do. I'm going to keep living in the world and somehow magically when I get into that moment where I'm about to mess up or things are about to be really bad, the Spirit of God is just going to give me some kind of like magical power and I'm not going to mess up. I'm going to live in the world, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and then all of a sudden when I get to that moment where something bad is about to happen, I'm just not going to do it. And what happens is you begin to get confused, like, man, God, what is happening? And what happens is you really begin to doubt, God, do you even really exist? Are you really at work in my life? Because I keep going down this path. And that's a misunderstanding of this verse. What is... What does John tell us in his gospel? He says that the spirit is a counselor and it's a spirit of truth. So what God wants to do is he wants to guide and direct you. When you choose to follow God, what happens is you don't start taking those steps continuing in the world where you finally find yourself in a situation that you're like, how'd I get here? I'm messing up so bad. No, when you choose to follow God, the spirit says, hey, there's a new way to live. You don't have to keep going to the parties and keep that relationship that you have. You think, oh, I'm going to stay in this relationship with this person, but we're just not going to mess up because the spirit of God lives in me. No, when the spirit of God comes to live in you, he begins to guide and direct you. And there's going to be times where he says, that's a relationship that doesn't need to be in your life because of what happens. Because students, what you have to remember is when you choose to become a Christ follower, there is still this battle between the flesh and the spirit. In fact, Galatians, it says this in Galatians, it says, when you walk by the spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Do you hear that? It says, when you walk by the spirit, It's not that the Spirit gives you this magical power to live in the world and then not mess up. No, when you walk by the Spirit, when you choose to follow the Spirit's direction, when you choose to feed the Spirit, you wind up making decisions that will be greater than anything you could possibly imagine. And you don't wind up making those decisions that the world leads you in and the world traps you in. The the, the truth is some of us, man, you proclaim to be a Christ follower. What happens is you keep feeding the flesh You keep feeding the flesh and expecting the spirit to win. And and what I want you to understand is that to to really experience the greatness of the spirit living in you, it it requires you to walk by the spirit, to allow the spirit to fill your life. And as you walk by the spirit, it says you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. As you follow the counsel and the spirit of truth, you begin to experience something far greater. And I remember when I was in college, and I got out of a relationship with somebody. Um, it was just really traumatic. It's like the world's coming to an end. But I came to this realization that I was in this relationship and this relationship had become greater to me than God had become. And I realized that I was all worked up, man, to the point of tears. And some of you guys know tears aren't like too far-fetched for me because I tend to, you know, be emotional. But like, I'm like torn 
torn up because, and I'm realizing, God, you don't want that for me. Like, God, you don't ever say, I want you to be torn up over something that you didn't get, right? You want me to be broken over the things that you're broken of. And I began to realize in a moment in college, I began to realize, God, I've made something far greater than you. And it's totally like messing with my emotions and my feelings. And I'm just incredibly frustrated right now. And so I remember making commitment in college. It was like my junior year of college. I said, God, I want you to be more important to me than anything else in my life. And so I began to make commitment that as far as talking to people, I said, I want to, God, I want to talk to you more than I talk to anybody else. If I spend 30 minutes talking to somebody on the phone or texting somebody, God, I want to spend an hour in your word. I can't say I followed that perfectly, but that was the mentality that I, that I approached God with is if, if you really say that, that your way is great, that I'm going to do everything I can to pursue that. And what's incredible is I start to pursue God and these these things start happening in my life. These things start happening in ministry. And I begin to have this contentness that it's, it's honestly kind of hard to explain, but I had this contentness so much that literally the person that I got out of relationship with came back and said, hey, maybe we should try this again. Maybe we should try to, you know, date again. And I had come to a point where like God was doing so, many ama- so much amazing stuff in my life, giving me this contentness that I can't explain that I was literally like, no, I can't. I will not step back into a relationship. Because the relationship I have right now with God, I don't want anything to mess that up. And it's crazy because I share that and some of you guys, it just kind of goes over your head because honestly, what I'm talking about, it's hard to explain until you've actually experienced it. Until you've really experienced living God and walking with the spirit, not carrying out the the desires of the flesh, until you've really experienced it, students, it is hard to explain what that contentness and what that truly means when you really experience the greatness that, that God offers when you follow him. It's a little bit like, I've got a picture of a roller coaster here. Um, See if anybody, anybody know what that is? It's kind of fuzzy. Titan, come on, all right? So the Titan, this is um, probably the greatest roller coaster I've ever been on, right? Um, It's the Titan. And I can sit here and I can tell you about the Titan. Like I can tell you that, man, it is like really intense. I've sat on like the very front car going down the Titan um, to the point where it's like, whoa, is there a bottom to this? Like I'm freaking out right now. Going around like the, um, uh, what do you call it? The corkscrews and about to like black out because I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Like it's this incredible thrill, right? Riding the Titan. And I don't know, how many of you guys have ridden that roller coaster? Anybody in here? Okay, it's like, in, it's incredible. It's this incredible thrill. But the thing is, I can sit here and talk to you about the roller coaster, but until you've actually got in that roller coaster, gone up and then experienced the whole thing, right? You don't fully understand what it means to ride the Titan. And you guys, my heart just kind of breaks because when I think about this verse and I think about the one who lives in you is greater than the one who lives in the world. And I think about some of you in here that think, man, I just don't believe it. When I think about a group of students who have sat here and you've heard people talk about following God and it's like somebody talking about riding a roller coaster and how great it is, but you've never actually got on it and experienced it for yourself. And students, what I want for each one of you is for you to get on this relationship with Jesus and and the spirit to come live in you and to experience the thrill of living for him on your own because it's when you experience him in that way when you begin to experience it for yourself and you stop hearing people talk about it, because it begins to transform your life in the most incredible way. I wanna share this verse and then we'll wrap up. It's John 4, 14, 12. This is Jesus, he says, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. 
And then he goes on, um, I don't know if we have any more on there. Jesus goes on to tell his disciples that when he sends this counselor, he says, you're going to do things and you're going to do greater things than Jesus. Literally, Jesus tells his followers, he tells you that all the amazing things that Jesus did, he says, you're going to do greater things than even I did. This spirit that's coming to live in you and to guide you is going to work in you in this amazing way. And I think sometimes we think, man, Jesus did the great things. We're just kind of listening and hearing about them. But students, the truth is Jesus wants you to be part of the great things. He wants you to be accomplishing great things.